Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast, where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. It is May 30th, 2023, and this is Alex, and I am coming to you on a Tuesday, not a Monday, because of an American holiday. Whenever that happens, we just push this show back a day and have a very busy, compact equity week. But we are back on Wednesday. We are back on Friday. Do not worry. On the show this morning, we have stocks breathing a sigh of relief. Why crypto is kind of stuck. Baiju's changing valuation in a turbulent edtech market, the expansion of cute robots, I love that, and the massive embarrassment of the SPAC mess part 6000. Let's go. Let's start with a look at the global stock market. Spinning that globe, shares are mostly higher today in Asia. They are mixed in Europe and they are set to rise here in the US at the open with tech stocks leading the way. So what's going on and what's driving the news? Well, the United States appears to have found a way to pay for stuff it already said it was going to pay for, aka the debt ceiling vote appears like it's going to happen. Woo! We have a multi-year reprieve ahead of us regarding the debt ceiling, but if we keep using it as an internal suicide threat, we are going to harm our credit standing. Also, it gives me heart palpitations, so let's, you know, stop doing that. Anywho, there are a few interesting earnings to watch out for this week on Tuesday, aka today. We have both halves of HP and Box. On Wednesday, we have, whew, it's a lot of folks. We have Salesforce, CrowdStrike, Okta, Viva, Encino, Pure Storage, and C3.ai. And then on Thursday, Asana and MongoDB, amongst others. So you're thinking, why, Alex? It's the end of the second month of the quarter. Why do we have so many earnings? Well, it's because this is what happens when a bunch of SaaS companies have their fiscal calendars offset by a month compared to the calendar calendar, and then everyone reports a month later than you would expect. So a lot of SaaS data coming your way. Get excited. Moving on from stocks, what's going on in blockchain land? Well, here we are again. Bitcoin is worth around $28,000. And ETH is up around 3% in the last week to around 1900. And the overall crypto market cap, again, I know the number has issues, is stuck around 1.17 trillion. So I think I'm going to record that segment once and I'm just going to copy and paste it into every single episode the rest of the year because nothing is happening really on the price front. The bigger story in crypto land, I think, is actually falling trading volume. And I'm probably going to write about this at some point in time. But trading volume, according to data from the block, saw its seven day moving average of the value of crypto trades fall to around 10 or $11 billion recently. And that matches what appears to be kind of record low set earlier this year. There really has to be a trading volume recovery for crypto to kind of, I don't know, reinflate again. But the big boom we saw in trading value in March has since deflated. The question is, what can reignite interest in Bitcoin and its friends? Well, at the same time, new AI tools are being used by nearly everybody, and I can't just drop this contrast. A checker data set highlighted by TechMean this weekend noted that, and I quote, 85% of American workers have used AI tools to perform tasks at work. Millennials lead the group with 89% saying they've used AI at work. And yeah, that's what demand looks like. So I'm still bullish on blockchains. They're going to be useful for something at some point in time. But that something is starting to seem smaller over time. And the in-time riff is starting to actually test my patience. So as AI does everything, uh, can crypto do something? All right, enough about all that. Let's talk about a couple of startups. And first up, we have Baiju's. Now, back in March, we reported that BlackRock had cut the valuation of Baiju's, which is, and I know you know this, India's most valuable startup worth about $22 billion at its peak by nearly half to $11.5 billion, according to filings at the time. 
Then today, TechCrunch reported that BlackRock has yet again cut the valuation of its holding in the Bengaluru-based startup, this time to about $8.4 billion. And that's even as the most valuable Indian startup, aka Baiju's, continues to raise capital at what appears to be a better price. So this is a fascinating saga, and I think it's essentially an episode of price discovery. Keep in mind that this is not some podunk company. Baiju's may be the best funded edtech startup of all time, raising around $6 billion according to Crunchbase data. And that is a lot of coin. The question is, what is it actually worth now? It's a great question, thank you, and not one that anyone seems to know the answer to. But then again, the company did just raise $250 million in what TechCrunch said was, quote, structured investments that had a valuation cap of $22 billion attached to them. But that's not quite the same thing as raising equity capital at that price. In short, companies that did not go public are now having to deal with what would have been a relatively simple price movement, aka down, on the public markets, but they're doing it while they're private, which is way harder, way messier, and frankly, more embarrassing. But how about some good news? I found some. This morning, TechCrunch's Rebecca Bellum reports that Serve Robotics, the Uber spinout that builds autonomous sidewalk delivery robots, is expanding its partnership with Uber Eats. Now, the NVIDIA-backed startup will deploy up to 2,000 of its cute little bots via Uber's platform in multiple markets across the U.S. So yes, the googly-eyed little bots that can bring you a burrito are expanding. And I love this. I live in a college town, and I would love to hire robots to zip around and do my bidding. Why? Well, hiring human staff is incredibly expensive. But small, cute robots? Very cheap. And interestingly enough, Uber's doing even more stuff in the world of autonomy. The company is also working with Waymo to bring Google's self-driving cars to its ride-hailing platform in Phoenix, a large American city. I hate driving, so that's good news for me. And there is a little bit of history here. Way back when Uber was a startup, it riffed on how self-driving cars would make or break its business. And that actually turned out to be wrong in the short term, as no one has yet figured out self-driving cars. But we are getting closer. And it seems that Uber is still in or around the sharp tip of that particular spear, be it for Uber Eats or Uber Classic. All right, next up, what we call C-Block in the notes doc for the show, and it's basically the space that I have to riff on things that make me mad. So about a week ago, when Virgin Orbit, not Virgin Galactic, mind, went kaput, finance Twitter mocked its SPAC deck that showed it rapidly scaling to billions of dollars in revenue. Uh, that didn't happen. Now, if you are a regular equity listener, and thank you, by the way, I love that this show is powering along at its sixth year or something. You know that SPACs got hot for a minute, a bunch of companies rode them to the public markets, and then largely fell apart. It's a bit like driving a race car to the start line of a race and then hitting the gas when the lights go green, and then you watch the wheels fall off, the engine explode, and the bodywork melt. But don't worry everybody. Rich people did just great. Now, the Wall Street Journal did the math that I have been telling myself I'm going to do for a long time but never got around to actually doing. And so they report that, and I quote, executives and early investors in companies that went public via SPACs sold shares worth $22 billion through well-timed trades, profiting before share prices collapsed. And my response to this is, of course they did. The issue is no one else seems to have done as well. The journal went on to note that, quote, companies that went public this way, aka SPACs, have lost more than $100 billion in market value, at least 12 have filed for bankruptcy, and more than 100 are running low on cash, battered by higher interest rates and rising costs. Ah, sigh. 
Look, SPACs have a reputation for a reason, and SPAC promoters should go hide in shame if they made a bunch of money by floating trash. Doubly so if they got special deals along the way, leaving retail investors holding an incredibly empty bag at the end. Shame. Let's bring it back. And that is our show for this fine Tuesday morning. Don't forget, Equity is coming back to you on Wednesday and Friday. If you want more of us in between the shows, though, we are on Twitter, where we tweet under the handle EquityPod. I tweet under the handle Alex because it's my name. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Hugs, bye. Equity is hosted by myself, Editor-in-Chief of TechCrunch Plus, Alex Wilhelm, and TechCrunch Senior Reporter, Mary Ann Azevedo. We are produced by Teresa Loconsolo with editing by Kel. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator. And a big thank you to the audience development team and Henry Picavet, who manages TechCrunch Audio Products. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.